0: You're listening to the Crop Disease Podcast, a podcast that will keep you up to date on how to manage common crop diseases faced by Australian growers. Do you ever wonder what's happening in other parts of the country? How others deal with crop disease issues or other general agronomy issues? Well, you're in luck because in this podcast, we're going to take you on a quick trip across four different grain growing regions. Hello, it's Megan Jones from the Centre for Crop and Disease Management, and I'm going to get the latest seasonal updates from three agronomists and a pathologist from WA, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales. Not only that, we'll be checking in again with them all in a month or two to see how their activities and issues have progressed. So stay tuned for that. Also with me on this journey is my co-host and CCDM's fungicide resistance expert, Fran lopez Ruiz. Welcome to the show, Fran.
1: Hi, Megan. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. Thanks, Fran. How are you?
1: I'm just um, enjoying the the season. Plenty of stuff, new stuff to do.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Actually, talking of that, what, what is going on with you at the moment? What, what kind of work are you up to at CCDM?
1: We're doing a bit of um, everything. Um, so obviously, we've got the typical stuff that, we, that we've been doing for a long time, like um, detection of resistance, the characterization of the resistance. Uh, we do a lot of diagnosis as well. Um, we do um uh, a lot of extension a uh, big project on extension of fungus resistance across the country has been quite successful. We're doing oh, yeah. some uh, experiments in the field so something that we got a lot from the industry uh in terms of feedback is hey could you could you do research that is a bit closer to the field reality right so it's really good that you do that stuff you know in vitro but could you do things you know in planta? so we're doing we're doing a lot of that at the moment so for example we are spraying. Um, little plots with uh, specific genotypes of diseases that we know that are resistant to particular chemicals, and then we are spraying those chemicals so that we can actually see what really happens in the field, you know, and not in that in vitro environment so controlled. And lastly, we're doing a lot of modeling. I have to say it's quite boring, but, you know, it's required. (laughs) So we need this modeling so that we can inform Uh, our hypothesis and also management going forward is really important. So we do it.
0: Oh, geez. So there's a lot on your plate at the minute, would you say?
1: Uh, It sounds like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a lot,
0: yes. (laughs) So as I mentioned before, I spoke to three agronomists and a pathologist from different regions of Australia. I asked them all what they're up to and what disease issues they're currently dealing with. Shall we listen to what they said about that? That would be great. So, starting with WA, agronomist Dan Taylor from DKT Rural Agencies covers the Central Wheat Belt. Dan, can you tell me what's happening in the Central Wheat Belt and what diseases are around?
2: Uh, there's a bit going on. We've um, we've had a bit of a dry spell through our area um, recently, and so we're you know trying to manage nitrogen uh, in crops without sort of going overboard. And and um, we've had a few sort of disease issues pop up, which we're just starting to get our um, heads around for how we're going to manage going forward.
0: Okay, now you mentioned disease issues. Can you go a bit more into that?
2: Yeah, well, we sort of, on the western end of our area, uh, probably two weeks ago, I found some uh, powdery mildew in wheat. Uh, now, the wheat was actually only at about the four-leaf stage, uh, which was sort of quite surprising to find it that early. Um, the wheat did have some fungicide underneath it, so some uh, Uniform, which is an metal um based product, so very unusual to find powder mildew that early with a fungicide uh, product like that on it.
0: Are you going to keep an eye on that?
2: Yes, we are, and it's sort of not just isolated to that particular farm. There's probably three farms within a five-kilometer radius of the initial finding um, that have got, at, you know, wheat at various stages of development, leading through to probably mid-stem elongation, the earliest of it, uh, with with low levels of tra- of mildew um, of sort of down the bottom of the canopy. So. I have traced it back to a, um, a volunteer uh, wheat paddock, where you know, a, a grower grew a susceptible variety last year that had some moderate level of disease. Uh, and then we've had some early rain this year. Volunteers have germinated. It, uh, the paddock was actually being run as a pasture. So he's you know, left that wheat there. And, uh, and that seems to be the main inoculum source. That, that wheat was uh, out in here uh, and absolutely caked in powdery mildew. So potentially that has been the risk, uh, sorry, the source. And, uh, and, and increased risk of spreading to other growers around the area.
0: Thanks, Dan. Now moving to South Australia, I've got agronomist Sam Holmes from Central Ag Solutions who covers the York Peninsula. How are growers growing in your region, Sam, and are they facing disease issues yet?
3: So, well, we had a bit of a late break this year um, and really no rain up until the start of, uh, or the end of May, start of June, and then it's been really wet since. So um, a bit slow going, but now... Um, yeah, flat-out wheat inspecting and checking for diseases and, and, and the normal agronomics. And, and farmers are really just starting to get into the paddocks. Um, it's, it's sort of a busy time now over the next year, month going forward for the rest of the season.
0: So you mentioned disease issues. What kind of diseases are popping up at the moment?
3: Probably wheat, just starting to see a little bit of septoria triceye just right down in the bottom leaves um, of some wheat paddocks, predominantly the wheat on wheat paddocks. A little bit of net blotch actually is sort of showing up in some barley, particularly down south again, which... It's a bit frustrating because we've had a few good years where we haven't seen too much of it, so um, that's got me a little bit concerned. And, and I suppose even some of the earlier crop, like the younger crops, I suppose, are uh, just got a few yeah net blotch spots on them that, that aren't a major issue at the moment, but will be a bit of a concern going into the spring if if conditions are conducive for sure. A um, little bit of ascochyta in lentils for those that grow lentils, um, but uh, we're a bit of a hot spot for that. So mo- most other areas probably wouldn't see
0: that. Thanks, Sam. Now, moving around the country to Victoria, I have agronomist Greg Toomey from Nutrient Elmore. How are growers going in your region, Greg? Uh,
4: so, for us, it's um, early to mid-season of our cropping season. At the minute, we are um, probably mostly finished our canola spraying. It's uh, mostly TT canola in this district. Uh, and then um, we had a pretty heavy pre-emergent program on our cereal, so haven't done much there yet, starting to look at doing grass sprays in our legumes so that's probably what's keeping us occupied now.
0: Great and what's the um the season going with rainfall?
4: Look it really couldn't be much better at this stage we've had um, early break um, consistent rains and um, last week we would have said we're a bit wet in some parts of the district but fine week this week and we think that um, everything will be trafficable by the end of the week and, and much of the district is trafficable now so there's quite a bit of urea going out um, on uh, our canola crops and maybe the first round on our cereals as well.
0: Thanks Greg and finally to New South Wales where I have cereals pathologist Stephen Simpfendorfer from the Tamworth Ag Institute who covers the northern New South Wales and southern Queensland regions. Stephen, what are growers up to in your region and can you tell us a bit about their disease issues?
5: They're really on the cusp of deciding whether they're going to continue trying to get a winter crop in or uh, stick with what they've got and roll it over to summer crops. So yeah, in some areas, it's very patchy um, across here on the east coast in New South Wales. So some areas have got you know, a fair proportion of their winter planned winter program in. Others have really been struggling with just the wet weather not letting up. So very wet soils, a lot of waterlogging. Hard when you've got a full bucket of water in the soil, but you just can't, get the opportunity to put the crop in so yeah a lot of lot of uh pictures of bog tractors yeah it's quite quite amazing you'd think it'd be another cracking year but um yeah certainly sowing's been a real challenge this year
0: wow yeah sounds like a real challenge and are they facing disease issues at the moment
5: yeah there's uh, this is quite topical too so yeah there is some disease issues around so crown rust in the oats would be the main one Um, that that's kicked around so you know and that was oats that got in earlier in the program before you know while while, uh, paddocks were trafficable and uh, warm conditions really saw that take off a bit so yeah that's the big one the other big one is with a lot of water logging and we're off the back of two big years and urea prices are high is a lot of uh, end efficiency in crops and massive potential there for misdiagnosis so yeah, certainly de- dealt with a number of cases and that's our real communication campaign at the moment is you know just because it's yellow doesn't mean it's yellow spot and leaf disease so really trying to you know educate on what exactly the difference is so we don't see that general widespread yelling of lower canopies with, with disease. You know, that's more an indication of uh, nutrition issues. Particularly if we've been waterlogged for a while, denitrification has potentially been an issue, so there's less there than what we thought. So, yeah, that's that's the real
1: big issue at the moment.
0: Thanks for that, Stephen. Some interesting things going around the country, don't you think, Fran? Anything surprise you or catch your attention?
1: Yeah, I think that I I'd like to really... <sighs> Probably, you know, just reemphasize how important is diagnosing a problem, right? Especially diseases, right? You know, um, it's actually quite common when you talk to to your peers that, you know, some some plant pathologists, um, including myself, we, we actually struggle sometimes, you know, to identify diseases. So, and we're dealing with these pathogens the whole time, right? So we we see them in, you know, growing in our labs. We see them in the in the, growing in the crops. And sometimes we struggle to identify them properly, so no wonder you know if somebody that is dealing with so many different aspects of um, the crop have issues to identify them. You know, it's, this is this is actually just it's, it's normal, it's natural. So diagnosing a disease is critical, and I think that is something that we have to keep an eye on. Not just this season; this is something that should, should be in our toolbox forever because it really it really can, can save us, you know, from from troubles Definitely, you know, from overspending something, you know, an input that we shouldn't actually use.
0: Yeah, that's well said. Thank you, Fran. And I liked his little catchphrase, if it's yellow doesn't mean it's yellow spot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Okay, well, now let's move around the country again and hear about the kind of management strategies they're recommending at the moment and what to keep an eye out in the coming months. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so let's start again in WA's Central Wheatbelt with Dan Taylor. Dan, what management strategies should growers be thinking about in your region? And is there anything we should be keeping an eye on right now?
2: Uh, a lot of our early sown cereals are just approaching stem elongation. So f- from a um, disease and insect management point of view, we're just starting to probably pay particular attention to some of those things. Um, yeah, and spot-top net blotch in Bali uh, is starting to show up now on some of the untreated crops. Uh, and we have also, we do have some powdery mildew in, in barley varieties like buff, which are a little bit more susceptible. Um, so uh, the other thing we are keeping an eye on is insect pests like uh, cereal aphids. Uh, just over the weekend, I found Russian wheat aphid uh, in some winter wheat south of our sort of town, Kandiden. Uh and they have been found in the area you know, around us in the previous weeks. So I think that is something that's really going to pick up in the next little while is trying to manage both fungal disease and insect pressure.
0: Yeah, sounds interesting. Is there anything different happening in the region at the moment that's worth keeping an eye on?
2: Probably that early infection of powdery mildew is, is not something we're used to. We Typically, in the years past when we've seen it, it hasn't rolled up until mid to late stem elongation, which you know, from a calendar point of view is probably late July, mid-August. So yeah, that that is something that p- people will need to be aware of because if, if infection is happening around the place and, and disease is spreading, there's potential there for the disease to become quite invasive right across the region if not managed. So we're encouraging our growers to get on the front foot and and see exactly where your crop is at as far as the disease presence goes and keep a particular eye on crop timings and and be preventative with fungicides as opposed to trying to, if they're required, uh, as opposed to trying to be reactive and, and come in when it's too late and the disease has already got a foothold.
0: Sounds great, Dan. Now moving on to South Australia's York Peninsula with Sam Holmes. Sam, how about in your region? What management strategies should growers be thinking about and what should we be keeping an eye on?
3: Oh, well, probably as much as anything. um, uh, Well, herbicides are the the main bit at the moment, but um, probably just monitoring, you know, constantly for disease really and, and we're all a bit slack. We like driving around and don't actually get out on our hands and knees, so probably actually getting down a bit low and actually picking some leaves and getting a bit better handle on what disease levels there actually are there at the moment so probably that and probably just having a bit of awareness of what you know fungicides they're going to need to have on hand going forward we're in a bit of a tighter supply um dynamic in the world at the moment so just making sure they're across what pesticides they're going to need going forward and and have that covered for us in our region we're probably getting a bit frustrated with a few guys we've got um slaters that seem to be causing a bit of an issue which is a insect that normally lives underground or lives you know and eats organic matter but it's actually chewing off um large areas of um paddocks with lentils in them at the moment so that's probably giving us the most grief in some some areas where yeah we're not sure there's nothing registered or anything to do about it so it's a bit of a battle that's continuing to increase every year i suppose
0: oh so you've had this is worse than last year
3: um yeah so we've normally always had a little bit of an issue in dry starts um but even once we've had the rain they've been giving a yeah still damaging big areas of paddocks where you don't actually notice until it's everything's up and they're still not emerging in those patches and then you go scrounging around on the ground and and find lots of little 5 mil slaters chewing them off under the ground. So, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the answer is because we don't want to be using pesticides or insecticides just willy-nilly, you know, for the odd case when they do show up. So I'm I'm struggling to understand how I'm going to handle that going forward, but, yeah, it's a bit of a battle.
0: OK, thanks, Sam. Let's move on to Elmore, Victoria with Greg Toomey. Greg, what sort of strategies should growers be thinking of and anything worth keeping an eye on?
4: Um... Look, I think, to be honest, the the thing that they need to be thinking most about is their nitrogen inputs, you know. Um, This is the third strong grain growing year in a row, and so unless you've got a heavy uh, legume base um, in your pastures that you're cropping those paddocks or you've got um, very good uh, legume component to your cropping operation there are going to be some very low nitrogen levels in the soil. And we're actually at the minute um, doing deep soil nitrate tests to um, ascertain what we do have there because urea is dear this year and, you know, it may be quite, quite eye-watering to um, be told you need between 250 and 400 kilograms of urea to grow the sorts of yields that we think we should expect from this sort of rainfall year if the outlook um, stays favourable.
0: Is there anything different happening in the region that's worth keeping an eye on? Uh,
4: So this has been a a big export oat and hay area. Um, Export oat and hay is back this year with grain prices being so favourable. There was a bit of a swing away from export oat and hay. Um, So that's tended to um, be replaced by canola, uh, to some extent cereals and also pulses. So I think that um, marketing of pulses for us is uh, not an area of strength, I guess. Um, You've got to be patient when you're marketing pulses. Mm -hmm. Um, Canola prices have started to come off quite a bit. So fellas, I guess, are a little wary of what the prices were when they were sowing versus what the prices might be at um, harvest time. But in general, I think um, it's, it's really now going to be about disease management uh, through July and August and into September um, and, and nitrogen management. I, I think that's the key thing is, is nitrogen management.
0: Great, thanks for that Greg. And finally we move up to northern New South Wales and southern Queensland with Stephen Simphendorfer. Stephen, is there anything we should be keeping an eye on in the coming months in your region?
5: The, the thing to keep an eye on is we've, we've had delayed sowing. So if we couldn't get it in before this rain started and we just couldn't get on paddocks, then you know, we're a bit delayed. So we've got a real gap in our growth stages of crops. And I think that's going to create big pressure for rust um, you know, throughout the season. So that early stuff that's in, if it's not managed well, you know, you're going to have plenty of spores and pressure from that onto crops that are going to emerge much later that are very susceptible at those early sealing stages. That going to need you know to keep an eye on those uh, through that stage. Yeah, the other one too is I think um, yeah we're really running on the on the back of we we depleted our soil nitrogen reserves in a lot of situations. So as yes, we talked again just to reiterate, that's going to cause some issues with with diagnosis this year or misdiagnosis is the real thing. So yeah, that's going to be a real challenge going forward, which we're we're acutely aware of and keeping an eye on and yeah, truly really trying to get the message out there. So yeah, we'll have a. a a big effort this year of, of going out to field days and also, you know, through multiple GRDC mechanisms, et cetera, to make sure we're getting the diagnosis right when we can and the appropriate managing, you know, in place where we can. So, and just to say again, yeah, we're here to support industry. That's our role. So if you have issues or have concerns, then, yeah, our job is to help you through that thought process. So we know a lot about a little, I say.
0: Excellent. Sounds great, Stephen. Well, there you have it, Fran. A lot of differences there, but also a lot of similarities. Sounds like nutrition and managing disease, pests and weeds seem to be the key activities around the country right now. What did you think about those references to disease issues?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lots of uh, similarities um, because, you know... um, well, something that we have learned you know is that problems in a particular region are not just limited to that region so um and I think that it's actually quite important that for example uh, something that Dan was saying identifying the source of a particular issue is really crucial you know when it comes down to to identifying where the inoculant source is actually coming from in terms of you know when a disease is, is affecting a particular region I think that's really critical, uh, but it's actually quite complicated. But I think that he did a very good job. So now that you know where the problem comes from, you probably can uh, design a better plan to control it. And something as well that actually, you know, is important to to mention is in South Australia, we know that for those three diseases that Sam was talking about, Septoria, Neplotches, and Nascocata. So there has been resistance identified. So probably something that um, the industry really needs to keep an eye on in that region is, is resistance, right? So, um, but, you know, there are solutions. Um, we know what the solutions are. There's plenty of information out there. So I think that is it's quite important that we are aware that there, that there is information that we can change our management practices. We've done that before um there being outbreaks not just in south australia but also in western australia and and in, in other in other regions um, more recently actually with powdery mildew in Wales. Well um and always management is what is going to actually you know get out of the problem so resistance is is not a dead end there's always a way to manage that that problem and there are proven practices out there
0: yeah, sounds great. And it sounds like folio fungicide applications are not far away, if not already here. Frank, can you tell us what is the best advice for growers trying to manage disease at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I guess that probably something that I consider is quite important, and not only for this season, but, you know, for every season, is just to, if you are going to be using fungicides, and most likely you will, just to really make sure that you rotate them, right? So we've got, fortunately, um, more and more chemistries um, going into the system, so we've got now, um, uh, I wouldn't say plenty of choices, but you know, a reasonable number of choices. So rotating our chemistries from different mode of actions is vital. And the reason for that is because the more dynamic the environment, the less chances fungus fungicide resistance is gonna become a problem for you.
0: Oh, sounds like great advice. Thanks so much, Fran, but we better wrap up the podcast now. So thanks again for joining me today.
1: Thank you very much, Megan, for having me. It's, um, it's always a pleasure.
0: Oh, and thanks everyone out there for listening and I hope you join us again in a couple of months for an update on how things are progressing in the 2022 season around Australia it should be a good one so see you then this podcast is brought to you by the Centre for Crop and Disease Management a national centre co-supported by Curtin University and the Brains Research and Development Corporation